In an election that will determine the fate of the entire universe, there's only one podcast holding politicians accountable. Scott Morrison, Anthony Albanese. Who will lose? Find out on The Chaser Report, Election Edition. Hello and welcome to the election edition of The Chaser Report. It is Thursday the 28th of April. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello. 23 days till the election. <laughs> That's a lot of podcasts we got to fill. Yeah, man. And nothing's happening. What's going on? Yesterday we had that whole segment on Catherine Deves, the Liberal candidate for Warringah. She's had a bit of a rough mm. time and I suggested yeah. she was going to lose. I suggested <laughs> she had no fans in the electorate and that it was a done deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Now that was really unfair. There was a clip doing the rounds on social media yesterday. Uh, where one of her supporters, possibly her only supporter, <laughs> tried to get together some of the volunteers mm-hmm. to give a big cheer in favour of Catherine Deves. I'm going to play it in a sec. You'll hear a woman mm. uh, exhorting a crowd. There's about 10 volunteers in blue T-shirts. Lovely. When you listen, it sounds like there's like one volunteer or maybe half a volunteer. <laughs> uh, have a listen and, and just get a sense of some of the excitement that Catherine Deves is generating in Tony Abbott's old seat. We love Catherine. We love Catherine. She is our candidate. Okay? One, two, three, go. She's our candidate. Yes, for Warringah. That's it. <laughs> so the team's revolution. Look, it's it's Look. it's underway. Give it time. Yeah. Every every tidal wave, you Charles, know what, starts very small. What she needed to do was get some of the sort of transgender community on board because they're very good at... Uh, yeah, they're very vocal yeah, and angry, aren't they? Very vocal and angry. They know what her name is, at least. <laughs> there is stuff to talk about. I've had a look at some of Peter Dutton's uh, words over the past few days. And let's just say we should be very, very frightened indeed, Charles. Oh, well, that's a reason to stick around, hearing <laughs> yeah. more about Peter Dutton. Well, Dylan Bean, who's worked with us as an editor on many Chase Relation shows, he sifts through the news to find absolute gold, and he's going to update us on some of his favourite clips of the campaign. He does the News Fighters podcast plus we've been forcing one of our interns john delmenico to watch sky news for the last few weeks to to sort of find out how the election works from that perspective and uh he'll be in i'm, I'm not sure i mean is he going to be all right i don't know i mean he certainly helped sky News's ratings <laughs> that's right but first let's check in with charles's daily campaign update this is the election wrap for thursday the 28th of april Up, up, up. Inflation is out of control, the economy is tanking and wages are going backwards. But according to Scott Morrison, it's not his fault. Uh, To provide that immediate cost of living relief and as we know, this has been driven by events very far away from Australia. So suddenly, the man who says he's the best at managing the economy says this aspect of managing the economy has nothing to do with him. The inflation rate now means wages are going backwards fast. But Labor says they'll increase wages. So can we can we get a clip? No, they're, they're all too boring. And just get a clear clip of Albo saying you put up wages. Okay, 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 okay. Everything is going up except people's wages, so we need a plan to address uh, real wages. Oh, God, you're right. That's shit. Told you. So shit. But Morrison says Labor's plan for higher wages is a false promise because it's not up to the government to set wages. Instead, it's up to the Fair Work Commission, which is appointed by the government. 
Meanwhile, there are concerns about Peter Dutton's whereabouts after he failed to turn up to a candidate's community forum in his electorate last night. Police have been notified and say they are looking for a man in his late 40s matching the appearance of a potato. And finally, one-third of the world's reptiles are about to be driven to extinction through climate change. Not that you'll hear about it in this election. God, I'm depressed. That's the election wrap for Thursday the 28th of April. We'll be back in a sec. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Chaser Report. Election edition. With a six-week campaign and precious little policy to discuss, what on earth have media organisations been doing to fill all that airtime? To tell us, Dylan Bean joins us now, our good friend and host of the News Fighters podcast. Hello, Dylan. Hey, Dom. Hey, Charles. How are you going? Very well. Election season's in full swing, which means, of course, it's uh, lots of corny staged photo ops put on by the major political (laughs) parties that are just tricked into making the news media deliver equally corny puns. Now, I thought I'd start off by playing some of my favourites from the campaign uh, so far. First of all, I think uh, Craig mentioned this on the show earlier in the week. Early in the campaign, Scott Morrison visited an aluminium can factory, (laughs) which meant Mark Riley at Channel 7 just couldn't help himself with this one. Scott Morrison knows that for him, this election remains far from in the can. Uh, in the can, not oh. bad. Not, not a bad start there yeah, from yeah. Mark Riley. Chumped I thought there. Campbell can do Newman had just killed the can puns forever, <laughs> but uh, apparently not. Morrison's team seems to be very good at this. Um, in fact, uh, if you've been following international politics, you would have seen uh, French President Emmanuel Macron was re-elected this week. So, of course, Scott Morrison's team sent him to a French bakery in Townsville (laughs) where he was filmed making macaron biscuits and croissants, which led to these great puns. Scott Morrison is delivering election sweeteners up and down the East Coast. Making one French favourite while congratulating another. But if you think making macarons is difficult... There we go. ..healing relations with a Macron will be trickier. Scott Morrison calls that criticism half-baked. Trebon. Mwah. Merci. <laughs> Did any of the pastries call him a liar? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he wasn't making any submarine sandwiches. I saw that. Um, but I think that the best pun run of the campaign so far has to be when um, Scott Morrison decided to do a photo op at a uh, like an outdoor fishing and camping shop to tie in with his, did you hear about this announcement? $20 million for quote unquote Fishos, boaties, and campers. I have no idea what a, f- a fisho. Oh, Scomo and the fishos uh, with yeah. some casho. <laughs> anyway, the media caught this massive catch. The Prime Minister fishing for votes. Today he's fishing for votes. Scott Morrison hoping to lure more Australians to vote for the coalition. In the New South Wales Central Coast, Mr Morrison hoping voters take the bait. Winning over the public can require a bit of bait. Hoping voters would be taken hook, line and sinker by his announcement. By casting $20 million. Casting for the votes of weekend warriors. Although he wasn't keen to be on the hook for any questions on the pledge. Oh, the li- what, what's Labor doing? The Liberals are totally out punning them this election. I think I just choked on a fish. Was that PVO in the middle there? Hearing, oh, the PVO, PVO and, and Mark Riley. Love oh, a good one. He, oh, he was particularly pleased with himself. That's how I could pick him. 
What's Labor doing? They're just going to aged care facilities. There's nothing there. The best they could do was when, um, at the beginning of their campaign, Anthony Albanese was pictured with some newborn chickens at the Easter show. And then, yeah, our mate Peter Van Onselen was the only one who could come up with anything. He had this. It would deliver a Labor victory, but it's too early to start counting chickens. Oh, God. Because, I mean, if you go to aged care, I mean, that is Labor's big issue. It's just like no out, puns, of, out of puff. No puns. You know, near the end <laughs> terminal. Yeah. Actually, the way our most COVID's going, it might actually be a very uncomfortable analogy. Speaking of which, that was, of course, the big uh, the big story of the week, which I'll, I'll go into a little bit. Now, the, the print media had some good puns about this. I think the front page of the Telegraph was Alba Sneezy. Did you see this? Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, oh. which actually, I don't know if you uh, know James Colley, the comedy writer. Yeah. He, uh, he writes for the weekly and stuff. He put that on social media as a joke, and then the next day it was... On the front page of the Telegraph. <laughs> so I think they owe him some royalties for that one. Oh, God. No, the uh, the broadcast media didn't really have any good puns. They just acted like they were in a lot of shock that a man who left the house in 2022 somehow caught COVID-19. What a shock! The media seemed so shocked by this. Have a listen. Tonight, an election shock. Anthony Albanese tests positive to COVID-19. Good morning. Anthony Albanese's election campaign has been dealt a blow. Anthony Albanese's election campaign is in turmoil. Well, certainly testing times for the Labor campaign. Albo in ISO. Fighting infection and the election from his living room. Australian electioneering entered a phase never before experienced in our 121 years of federation, (laughs) with a political leader forced to campaign online at home. I can't believe that in the 120 odd years of Australian democracy, <laughs> no one's campaigned online before. What were they doing in the 1910s? <laughs> exactly. Look, to be fair, I think Malcolm Turnbull did spend a lot of the 2016 campaign online, but he was just checking his share portfolio and his Cayman Island bank account balances. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole article from the Herald about how they'd had all these plans in place because Albo was inevitably going to get COVID, like the week before. And I read that yeah. and thought, okay, this is definitely going to happen. And then a few days later, the Herald was all like, oh my goodness, he's caught COVID. What are the odds? I know. The funny thing was, yeah, Labor was so well prepared for this. Every, all the Labor MPs were like, nah, this is actually a good thing. His front bench team has stepped in to run the campaign events, adamant that the development could end up being a positive for Labor's electoral fortunes. The ABC has spoken to uh, several MPs within Labor who say, who say that this will have an impact or could have an impact on their campaign, but will not be detrimental. Anthony Albanese is still in isolation. Does that hurt his campaign? Some people are arguing somewhat cynically that it helps him because it gets him out of the limelight after that bad first week. But Knowing voters will see little of Anthony the Albanese for the next week. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for your campaign? I don't mind if they see more of the Prime Minister. I think it's a positive for our campaign. The more they see of Scott Morrison, the more they'll realise that this government has run out of puff. I mean, the word yeah. positive should be used very carefully in this situation. <laughs> but also, run out of puff. They should have used that about Albo. That was a great pun. I know, everyone in Labor's like, oh no, you mean voters are going to see more of Penny Wong and Jin Chalmers for a week? That's terrible. Hey, Albo, would you like another week off? How are you feeling, mate? No, no, rest up, rest up. Every Labor backbencher and MP is using this as their big shot to get in the news. And uh, Jason Clare, the Shadow Minister for Housing, is front zinger man of the week against uh, ScoMo's Solomon's deal with this. When we needed a leader, where the bloody hell were you? If you want to build trust in the Pacific, you've got to do a lot more than just play the ukulele. This bloke is so out of touch, you'd need the Hubble telescope to find him. 
There's future Shadow Minister for Sick Burns there. I think he should be an insult comic. Well, we've, we've found so our next... T- but hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's break this down. Out of touch, you need the Hubble telescope to find him. Why does that make you out of touch? Yeah, it's a mixed metaphor. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a cheesy mix. Although maybe it's because the Hubble telescope was famously broken for a very long time. I don't know. Um, but no, Jason Clare has clearly made himself the next Bill Shorten. Like... Famous for zingers, probably opposition leader, probably lose by record numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And, of course, it couldn't be an election campaign without the old former prime ministers being wheeled out and hitting the hustings. And John Howard was out last weekend in his old seat at Ben Long. Now, Howard is 82 years old now. There's no denying he's, he's getting on a little bit. And I'm not quite sure he's paying attention to the news very much these days. In fact, I think he may have completely lost touch with reality. Have a listen to this. Scott Morrison... A man who's demonstrated a mastery of the detail of government. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not sure what drugs John Howard is on there, but I, I would like some. And uh, speaking of former Prime Ministers out on the campaign trail, Kevin Rudd was out this week and he said this. Yeah, no idea what that is. Something in Mandarin. Kevin Rudd just showing off his bilingualism yet again. <laughs> <sighs> Although, to be fair, that is one of the more coherent communications from Labor from during Labor, the course yeah. of his campaign. <laughs> I understand it better than any other. Yeah, and that, I mean, that is actual mastery of a thing. John Howard <laughs> should take a look at that video. Anyway, that's my wrap of the last week of the campaign. Uh, I guess check out my podcast, Newsfighters. I'll be wrapping the campaign every week, and I just put out my 100th episode. So Congratulations. And look, if anyone Thank finds you. any excruciating puns, make sure you hit up Dylan on social media. <laughs> um, there's going to be plenty around. And before you go, can I just sort of like sidestep a little bit and just bring up one thing because you mentioned the Alba Sneezy, Alba Yes, yes. Have you been out on on like the M5, the M4 recently? Like every billboard is, won't be easy under Albanese, right? That's that's the Liberal Party's main slogan on all the big billboards, right? Mm. Why doesn't Labor just come out with a billboard going, it'll be really easy under (laughs) Albanese? I don't understand. Or Albanese, too easy. What about easy peasy Albanese? Easy peasy Albanese. Like, it's it's more of a leap to say it won't be. Like, if your name rhymes with easy, use it. Fucking use it. Small target, Charles. Small target. Why don't we just get on the phone to Peter Van Onslaught? You can pitch it. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Election news you can't trust. The Chaser Report. Now, we've got something very special for you now because we've been making John Delmenico, who's one of the Chaser interns, we've been making him watch Sky News for the last few weeks. How's that been going, John? It's been torture, way worse than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I assume it's going to be like watching Fox News where Tucker Carlson, mm. for how batshit insane he is, he's still a good, entertaining host. Yes, yes. But that's not the case when it comes to Sky News. They're all extremely boring. Can I just check, do you respect Chris Kenny? No. Okay, so he hasn't been completely twisted yet. I was genuinely concerned when Charles set me this task because I'm doing it for the entire election. And in America, they had an experiment that had just come out where they got Fox News viewers to watch 10 hours of CNN a week. Mm. And it genuinely made them within a month a lot more left-leaning. Ooh, right, okay. And so my concern is that was a month Mm. of CNN from Fox News. I'm doing 
like twice the amount of content per week mm. for six weeks yes. of Sky News. Well, th- there is a reason why we got the, the person with the bald head in the office to <laughs> to watch the Sky News thing because it's sort of, you know... I'd fit in with yeah. the crowd. Yeah, exactly. It's important to note that any therapy you require for this in future is not covered by any chaser yeah. insurance policy. Yeah, I already asked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I thought it would be a good way to start the election, po- my, like, election podcast because we haven't really talked about the parties individually yet. And I thought, mm. what better source than Sky News? Yes. In that it's the only source I'm watching now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got how they talk about the Liberal Party and Scott Morrison. He's determined and competitive. Albanese can claim wins over Morrison on his broken promise to set up a corruption watchdog. This campaign to smear Morrison as a liar and a misogynist and a crazy Christian a guy who can't take responsibility, all that trash, most of it lies, you know that. He needs to get away from all these woke policies. Always people should be putting Liberals first, obviously. Wow. <laughs> so they're, they're really unvarnished, aren't they? They're just straight out yeah. vote, vote lib. So, yeah, so they're very directly telling everyone how to vote mm. this election. It's the first thing I've learned is that I assumed it would be like, have your opinion, uh, maybe if you're looking this way, go this way. No, they're just telling everyone how to vote. The only confusing one is they're saying in Queensland, that's a tricky ticket because you've got too many options. Yeah, too many amazing (laughs) options. And it's the only place where the independents are good, according to Sky News. But everywhere else, at most, you can put a UAP vote or a One Nation vote first and Mm. then Liberal Party second. It's quite good, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, at least there's no subterfuge, right? Like, there's nothing insidious going on. They're just, it's basically just 24 hours a day. Boosting the libs. You know how election ads have little authorizations at the end mm. of each thing? D- does each program end with a authorised by the Liberal Party? <laughs> One of my favourite things about this election, though, is that when it comes to defending Scott Morrison, because there's not much to defend with and they're not as entertaining as Zach Carlson, they sort of just don't. Well, it's quite funny when they were listing all of the criticisms you could throw at yeah. Morrison and going, well, obviously, most of these things are wrong, I think Andrew Bolt said well, there. My favourite one is Andrew Bolt, who um, clearly likes Labor more at this point. After the budgets, he was like, Labor's is fine, but the Liberal Party, theirs is horrible because they want to bring more foreigners into the country. And after that, he's been pretty anti-Scott Morrison. Well, actually, the debate was fascinating. I, I wrote an article about it, and Andrew Bolt actually said, um, you know, Albanese was better than Morrison in that he had more vision for the future, he was more positive, and the biggest compliment he could possibly pay a Labor um, leader, he wasn't as scary as some of the others. <laughs> well, I thought let's have it listen to how they normally talk about Labor, though. The Albanese, uh, look, he, he's not a bad bloke, Albo. He's pretty authentic when you meet him. My grave concern is the fact that he'd, he'd be a lapdog for Xi Jinping. Absolutely. He simply is a, an economic moron. An alternative Prime Minister who was really playing out of his league. I might need to get the old plate, the learner plate out for Anthony Albanese. His biggest problem is that he's Anthony Albanese. Suddenly a coal evangelist. Hallelujah. You know, they don't even, they don't even take their shirts off. You'd think, you know, if you're going to be half serious, at least get a bit of chest hair out. No, I, I get mean, it. How hopeless is the Labor campaign? <laughs> so if Albo gets nudie wins, is that what we're saying? Yeah, that was Matt Canavan at the end there. Matt Canavan is a constant person on Sky News. Coincidentally, Matt Canavan is up for losing his seat. Yeah, the line between official Sky News paid contributor and just Liberal MP is very, very porous, isn't it? He is genuinely on it every night. And my favourite thing is his shirts always change, but they're always brand new shirts that are clearly shirts to make him look like he's working class. He has a custom embroidered 
um, high vis vest with his name in oh, in really? and the Nationals Party logo. <laughs> <laughs> and I, lo- I couldn't pay attention to that interview because I was just laughing at his high vis vest while they were saying some shit about Labor. Okay, so we've, we've covered Labor and Liberal. Do they, do they say anything about those voices of candidates? The who? The voices of, you know, those sort of... The oh, oh, the teal crew. The teal crew. Yeah, the no, I've got some stuff about that group. So let's unite around the danger that is the fake independence. Oh, yes, the so-called independence. Meanwhile, unofficial political party, Climate 200. This is a hack. These are the 20 people. All of them white, all upper middle class. Australian woke financier Simon Holmes a call. This is the most elitist thing I have ever heard. This All global warming catastrophists. Fake independence. They are an electoral fraud. They are almost all of them women. 17 of the 20. Global warming is a religion. And women, poll show, are overwhelmingly more religious than men. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Hang on, isn't the Liberal Party supposed to be a broad church? Why aren't they running for the Libs? <laughs> well, that is a constant thing. So um, they had Howard on to talk about how the Voices of Movement is all just a big phony to destroy the Liberal Party. I don't think they're phony about that. That's clearly what they want to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they, they have mm. this weird thing where they somehow look at something which they can criticise. And my favourite part is they always take it from like a really left-wing standpoint against them. So they talk about like no billionaires should be funding any political party mm. or any media coverage and that they're all from privileged backgrounds. And it's like, I mean, fair, but it's also your Sky News. You're <laughs> yeah, literally right. the problem. Yeah, and uh, accusing everyone of being white. You're just going, that is Sky News's lineup. I think two of the hosts have said they have white privilege at some point. Mm. Like they're straight up just using the terms that they hate all the rest of the time when c- talking about the voices of movement. But... Obviously, the biggest threat for Voices Of, though, is the fact that if they get power, that means that the people they work for, Labor, are also getting told stuff from who they work for, and the biggest threat to everyone, the Greens. Ah, yes. Far-left party of simpletons and socialists. Even more dangerous lefty idiot in Adam Bant. About their anti-white race policies. Have the Greens gone stark staring insane? They're a clear and present danger to Australia's future extremists, a party which stands against Australian prosperity. Utterly insane. Greens last? Absolutely. So, so I'm just wondering whether that group of people has a problem with extremism. It seems... I've been growing in concern while watching it because one of the things they keep talking about is that a lot of the Sky News hosts still believe that the 2020 election was stolen. The in the US? Yeah. And so they'll talk about it they straight up use the phrase, um, don't let them steal this election, save democracy, and then we need to fight back in a bunch of episodes and being like, oh, the independents, and we're stealing the election for the Greens and it's all a cover And I'm like, do they just want a Jan 6 in Australia? Like, they're, just, they're actively saying that like, it's, uh, it's anti-democracy that the Greens exist and, that if, the, and if Labor wins a minority. Um, they're even saying genuinely to them, Whatever, wherever you put Liberal, put Labor one below it. They're like actively trying to stop the Greens. So it's like the thing I've really learned so far is I went into it assuming that they'd be all anti-Labor mm. and all pro-Liberal. No, but the thing is what I didn't realize was because Albanese is yeah. also pro-Murdoch. Yeah, you know what? This is why on the Murdoch the, party. it's because the Greens have an explicit policy of taxing billionaires. Yeah. Like, like, that's a far bigger yeah. threat to Sky News' owners than Labor. <laughs> yeah, so let me get it right. So billionaires can't control 
Climate independence. Climate independence, but they can control... An entire TV station. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. control an entire TV station. Yeah. They can control both the major parties. Mm. And they can fund pretty much all the areas of democracy. But they can't find a single independent unless they're Clive Palmer. They're also all friends with Clive Palmer and they speak very highly of him throughout the show. Well, yeah, and then there's Gina Reinhardt don- donating money to Barnaby Joyce. That's d- democracy in action. Yeah, but my takeaway from all this so far when it comes to like what when you're trying to find out information from a certain thing is from Peter Credlin. As a commentator, you've got to keep your objectivity. You might have a, a horse in the race. So, you know, everyone knows my liberal history. You might have a horse in the race. You might want a particular side to win. But if you think your opponent is done and dusted off one mistake and you've won the election, you, you're kidding yourself. History tells you you haven't. There fair, you go. That fair is, and balanced. That is the least biased thing I've heard on Sky in a long time. The, the possibility that Albanese might not have completely destroyed his own campaign so far. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Rigging elections since before it was cool. The Chaser Report. Now, Charles, you've heard of Godwin's Law, haven't you? It's not one of the science laws. It's an internet law that mm. every online argument will eventually devolve into being about Hitler. Yes, yes, that that is true. No matter what yeah. you talk about. You can just talk about, I don't know, your favourite cafe, and at some point someone's going to bring in the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vladimir Putin's been using it to justify his invasion of Ukraine lately. <laughs> um, and, in fact, in high school debating, we did a bit of that, and whenever you brought Hitler into a debate, you basically lost it at that yeah, point, you right? Would, yeah, yeah. But old. nobody told Peter Dutton, unfortunately, because he's been out trying to um, justify reasons to re-elect his government. Oh, God, he's <laughs> not invoking Hitler Here's what he has role model, is he? Let's just say he's been making the same point on all kinds of news stations. Here's the first one. We're in a period very similar to the 1930s now, and I think there are a lot of people in the 1930s that wish they had have spoken up much earlier in the decade than they had to at the end of the decade. So wait, a minute, wait a minute, is he is he implying that Anthony Albanese is Hitler? Is it? I don't it? think so. No. Although you never know yeah, with, right. <laughs> with all the. I think some yeah. commentators on Sky News have been trying to make that case. <laughs> well, he, no, he's saying that we need. And also, got, does he think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, that's like, actually a good point. Yeah. No, he's saying that you know, with serious threats overseas, we need to to get out um, oh, ahead of it. Right, this yes. clip, I think, might make his point clearer. It's China under President Xi, and as we found in the 1930s. If you just continue on an appeasement phase, which is what Penny Wong is proposing, then you will find yourself in conflict. I like that he doesn't actually mention Nazis. He just says, oh, in the 1930s. Yeah. You know, that, that was 1930s. It was the jazz age. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that, oh, Pen, Penny Wong, who happens to yeah. be, you know, have but, Chinese heritage. But Penny Wong, the idea that she would appease anyone or anything, <laughs> yeah. it, she is a frightening woman. Like, whenever she walks into a room, people just scatter. Yeah, her death stare should be deployed militarily <laughs> until we get the submarines going. And then he went even further. Now, this one's a bit graphic. Just, I know you've got um, sensitive sensibility. Charles, just cover your ears for this one. Oh, okay. We have to be uh, realistic that, that people like Hitler and others aren't uh, just a, a figment of our imagination or 
uh, that they're consigned to history. Uh, we have in President uh, Putin at the moment uh, somebody who's willing to kill women and children. So that's... Wait, hang on, hang on. So wait a minute, is it Xi Jinping or Putin who's Hitler? I think it changes day by day. Right. Oh, okay, right. And you might have noticed all the music kind of that. That's because yeah. he was talking to... Sky News at a some sort of commemorative Anzac Day type event. This is the this is the day when he announced that war was peace and that to prepare for to ensure peace you had to make war. Something like that. Well, in the same interview, he said that we should brace ourselves for a chemical attack on a major Australian ally. All of this is quite scary, but it makes you think, gosh. Who's the defence minister who's meant to be protecting us from all these threats for the past couple of years? Oh, wait a minute, it's Peter Dutton. <laughs> and what's he done during that period? He's managed to organise yeah. um, nuclear submarines for, was it 2040, the last day? <laughs> that we had? I don't know, Charles. I think he might have also gone a bit too far with the scare campaign stuff over a few, because this is not new for Dutton. He's mm. been trying to scare people for a very long time. And in fact, um, Catherine Deves, the Liberal candidate for Warringah, mm. tweeted in 2019, uh, well... Let's just say she called him Voldemort back in 2019. Um, This was before... But but knowing Peter Dutton, he probably thinks that's a compliment. (laughs) He's certainly better looking than than Peter Dutton. I think it's very unfair to Voldemort. Voldemort (laughs) could magic up submarines before 2040. (laughs) But, I mean, I've looked up Labor's defence policy. Mm. You'll never believe what what Labor says. Um, Is it... <laughs> yes, it actually is. <laughs> we passed all the same things. So it's going to make no difference, um, mm. according to Labor anyway, whether we have Peter Dutton or uh, Richard Miles or whoever it ends up being as, as Labor's Defence Minister. Mm. So basically we should brace ourselves for a chemical attack on a major Australian ally. Thanks for letting us know, Pete. Oh, that's good. Let's just hope it's New Zealand. <laughs> as always, uh, Gary is from Road Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network.